This is the Confused Mother podcast and I am your host Gitanjali More. I started the Confused Mother because I struggled to find realistic information on parenting and pregnancy. It was difficult to find other mothers going through what I went through. With my work, I offer parents in Germany support in their journey. There is so much confusing information about services and support you can receive from your insurance and the state here, including Kindergeld and Elterngeld or child benefits and parental benefits. So I have created online video tutorials simplifying all of this for you. Get them on my website now, theconfusedmother.com. Motherhood changes us in so many ways. We completely transform as human beings and it is a life-changing experience. We often leave behind a big part of our pre-baby identity. I'm sure many of you stay up late at night after everyone has gone to bed to enjoy some me time, to do the things that you used to do, like watch TV, read a book, do a pedicure, eat junk food, basically anything that's part of your secret single behavior. Today I'm talking to Annie Xustoris about this and more. Annie is a health coach for moms. I want to talk to her about her work but also about her own transformation experience as a mother from Cyprus living here in Germany. Hi Annie and welcome. How are you today? Hi. Oh, thank you so much for having me here. I'm excited to talk to you. I'm doing great. Thank you. How about you? <laughs> uh, I'm good too. Uh, thanks. So, uh, Annie, could you tell us a little bit about your experience coming to Germany and also what it's like being a parent here? Sure. So, I've been living in Germany for almost five years now, um, and I had both of my kids here. So, I have two girls. Um, my eldest is three and a half years old and my youngest is eight months old. Uh, so, I got pregnant and gave birth here in Germany. My experience here in Germany... Um, I would say it's been great. I don't have too many complaints okay. <laughs> with how the system works here, let's say. Um, I can't compare it with anything else because, as I said, I had both of my kids here. If I compare to friends of mine who live abroad, mm -hmm. I, I really enjoyed, for example, having options as to where I could give birth. I gave birth in a birth center both times, like okay. a birth house. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know that, right? You yes, know mm -hmm. a birthing yeah. home, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So um, I found having that option great and it was what I found was best for me. Um, I also valued having a midwife, uh, which is not something that you get in most countries. Mm -hmm. A midwife yeah. coming to your home every day. The fact that everything was covered through the um, healthcare system. There were so many things that I thought were positive. So I would say that my mm -hmm. experience has been good um, in terms of raising kids here. Hmm. <laughs> Again, I can't compare it to anything <laughs> else, but um, I would say that I really enjoy, for example, all the playgrounds yeah. that the city has to offer. I'm in yeah. Berlin because you said Germany, but I oh, yeah. in, Berlin. <laughs> in Berlin. All the playgrounds, yeah, um, how green the city is. Mm -hmm. But I'm slowly discovering the system. So uh, I will be able to say more once uh, my eldest goes to school and all that. For the mm -hmm. moment, she's yeah. in, in kita, kindergarten, yeah. and things are going, are going well. But overall, I would say my experience has been positive. But <laughs> that's how I think, uh, you know, raising kids in Germany is like. But raising kids anywhere is very difficult and that's how I chose to work with moms um, because you asked specifically about mm -hmm. my experience here um, so I can't say that I, I you know I, I'm finding yeah. living in Germany in particular hard in fact what brought me to health coaching for moms is a conversation that I had that I had with two friends of mine who don't live here um, who actually had to 
go on antidepressants when their children were, I think, two to three years old. Okay. And I remember looking at them. This was before I had my children. So I looked at them and I thought, gosh, yeah, you look so exhausted. Mm -hmm. You don't look like yourself. And of course you need help. Of course you went to your doctor probably crying, saying, you know, I can't live like this anymore. And they gave you antidepressants. Right. And by the way, I have nothing against antidepressants. Mm -hmm. I remember when I looked at myself in the mirror one day when my eldest was, I think, mm -hmm. one, when she started going to Kita and I had a bit more time, yeah. I, I, I looked at myself and I couldn't recognize myself. I was also so exhausted. I didn't feel like myself. I, I had lost touch with who I was. And I made a promise to myself that I was going to take care of me because I know that taking care of myself makes me a better mom mm -hmm. and that I would help other, help other moms do the same so that they don't yeah. have to reach the point of needing to take antidepressants to be able to cope with life. Yeah, I totally get that. I mean, you're unpacking so many things in, in what you're saying right now because for me also as an Indian mother when I came here and I'm and it came time for me to take these decisions and find out about what it was like here I was amazed at how many benefits there are for parents for expecting mums and for new parents and so on and um, for all the listeners out there I've also written a blog article about the benefits that are available not just financial but even other support that is available to uh, parents and one of them is now Annie that <laughs> that you can definitely turn to if you if you need help in this uh, respect about being tired and exhausted and overwhelmed by being a new parent I, th I think that we underestimate this before we actually become parents right uh, we underestimate just how much we are going to get stretched and that's why everybody talks about this whole thing of needing a village to raise a baby that we're not meant to do it alone and if we find ourselves in such a situation it can easily reach a stage of burnout very very soon yeah but i think right? it's so yes definitely and i think it's so important to open up the conversation and be honest about these things mm -hmm. um, because frankly before going through it myself i always i didn't I didn't see that many women being very honest about how hard it was. Most of them were putting on a, on a brave face. Because society, I think, also has not made it possible. There's very little open uh, room for women to actually talk about their experiences in an honest manner, which is exactly one of the big motivations behind me starting this project with the podcast and with The Confused Mother as well, is essentially to create the space where mums can talk openly about what they went through and... You know, there's there's still such a big stigma around it about things like uh, birth birthing trauma and uh, postpartum depression. There's very little awareness because of it as well. And that ends up becoming an even more isolating experience for mothers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I always say when people ask me, so what is, what's it like being a mom, especially my single friends or my friends who don't have children? Mm -hmm. I reply saying, it's hard. Yeah. Honestly, that's the first thing I say. Then I say it's wonderful, blah, blah, blah. But the first thing that comes to mind is, is hard. it's hard. And it's okay to to admit that. It's okay to say that. I always, now hearing you talk, um, an image comes to mind because I actually, I, I studied a Years ago, I started interpreting, okay. uh, like being in a in a conference room mm -hmm. and that you know interpreting yes. for people. And I never ended up working as an interpreter. But the image that they gave us was the image of a duck mm -hmm. that is paddling like crazy underwater. Okay, but is like 
calmly you you, you look at a dog and you don't you don't see their feet you know you don't ah, see right them. yeah but, but you know it, the dog looks calm and you know everything is going well i'm just moving and it's fine but i'm partying like crazy mm -hmm. and i'm i think that's the image that came to mind with moms it's like they they act and they they want to I mean, most of them, because the conversation is not there, you know, mm -hmm. and the open conversation is not available to them, they act as if everything is great, but they're struggling so much. And yeah. then they end up, again, going back to those two friends of mine who yeah. didn't feel like they had anybody to turn to. They couldn't say no to anything. They were just always there. Everything is perfect, but I'm actually really struggling. Yeah, that's true. Uh, that's a great image. Uh, and uh, it is totally representative of what motherhood feels like, even for me. But I mean, I'm trying to trying to break that. I'm trying to create more honest and open conversation, um, not just with other mothers and other women, but also just everyone, regardless of gender and nationality and everything. It's just to create space and open dialogue. So, Annie, how did your life change uh, after you became a mother? Like, what else? I mean, of course, you said it's hard, and uh, but how did it change for you? Uh, what do you miss about your previous life, pre-baby life, or pre-kids life in your case? Yeah, no, thank you for that question. I think it's it's a it's a great question and one that we um, that everybody should be invited to answer. Um, I think everybody should ask themselves. That, I mean, every mom or every parent should ask themselves, you know, what have I lost when I became a parent? Because there is actually some kind of, well, it's not some kind of, there's grief in motherhood. There are so many things that we lose. I'm actually, mm -hmm. I am a health coach, but I'm also a grief coach where I help people through grief. And grief is anything that, any loss that we experience, right. anything that we thought would, would be different. Mm -hmm. It's not just when somebody dies. Yeah. Yes, I have lost a lot of things when I became a mom and you did too. I can just give some examples. Um, mm -hmm. My freedom. I think that's the biggest one for me. I'm not free to do whatever I want on a Saturday morning. Mm -hmm. I have to plan everything. I also can't just go to, to watch a film if I want to. If there's no babysitter, mm -hmm. I can just go on a trip to see my friends who live abroad. Freedom is a huge one. Uh, my relationship to my partner, even to friends, to anybody really, my mm -hmm. relationship has changed. It's not that it's not good now. It's just it's changed because there's much less time. Mm -hmm. You're too tired to really invest yeah. in it, yeah. etc. Um, my body um i don't look the way i looked body, before i gave birth mm -hmm. and i've learned to accept that my belly will probably never look the same but mm -hmm. that's something that i had to come to terms with yeah yeah there's just so many things that we lose and i think with the people that i work with if they're open to that i i do i try to encourage them to go through this grieving phase of just writing things down admitting them going through those feelings that come with admitting them because mm -hmm. if you don't do that work then you end up feeling resentful yeah. you don't even know why you're angry. You don't even know why. Whereas mm -hmm. if you know why, yeah. <laughs> then it's easier to go through those emotions, to, to, let, to let the emotions flow. To just feel, so, right, exactly. And I think that a lot of people don't like to admit this, you know, what they have lost, what they miss about their previous lives and, and so on, is because they think that that makes them a bad mom in that case, you know, because it maybe gives the impression that they regret having a child, but that's not necessarily true. And I think it's also, I was talking to somebody else about this and we are expected, I'm not really sure where this comes from, but I've noticed that a lot of mothers have this the same situation that we are expected to be mothers and fit everything that motherhood brings into our old lives. Lives. Um, and that's just not possible because 
our pre-baby lives were already really full. And then you have to let go of certain things to make room for your child, to make room for your new identity and to make room for your family, right? And yeah, I love that. Yes, exactly. And every time you say yes to something, you say no to something mm-hmm. else. Yeah, right? yeah. If you say yes to parenthood, because it is a choice. For sure. Yeah. You choose you choose to have mm-hmm. children. If you say yes to parenthood, you say no to other things. It, it, that's something that we need to um, acknowledge and, and accept. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I find it very interesting what you also said about grieving um, the things that you that you've lost once you become a parent. Could you give some examples like what what that would look like? Yeah. Um, so it's different for every individual, I would say. Um, it's very personal, but I, I would invite anybody to uh, journal. To about journal. It. Mm-hmm. It's very therapeutic yeah. to take a blank piece of paper and write about yeah. it. Just ask yourself that question. What have I lost mm-hmm. when, I, when I became a mom? And let's just be honest because probably nobody else will read what you write apart from yourself, yeah. right? <laughs> so it's the perfect opportunity to just sit down, take half an hour, uh, in the evening when nobody else is there, nobody else is watching and just maybe put your, your hands on your heart, take a deep breath and let yourself feel whatever it is you're feeling and write that down. Mm-hmm. It might be that you revisit it. It might be that you re- you find yourself remembering the things that you wrote about at a later stage. For example, this idea of freedom. Whenever I I want to do something and I can't, I think about the fact that, yes, this is I, I'm allowed to grieve the freedom and I'm allowed to be upset that I can't do that. It's okay. It's okay. Mm-hmm. And you know, grief comes in waves. It yes. never, it never really leaves you. Of course, if somebody dies, we're talking about it. The intensity of it is much bigger. But um, it, it can, those feelings can come and go yeah. at any time, and it's okay to accept them. And there's something else that comes to mind when I say that, because mm-hmm. uh, I think it's important for your listeners to to also hear this. Once we once we go through this grieving phase, once we accept that it's hard, we also in my opinion, become more compassionate towards ourselves. We are kinder towards ourselves. I think I think mm-hmm. women in general, but moms in particular, are very hard on their on themselves. Yeah. If they become angry at their kids, for example, mm-hmm. they just they're so hard on them. Why did I do that? Why did I do that? Well you did that because you're exhausted. Mm-hmm. Because you probably haven't slept in a week. Because you probably haven't eaten today, etc. So uh, self-compassion is just yes. so important and yeah. it's a practice again. So it's something that you mm-hmm. need to cultivate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that also this whole aspect of uh, being the perfect mother, you know, um, I think that is something that puts us under a lot of pressure as well, you know, that you have to um, have a clean home, you have to always cook fresh, amazing, super yummy meals, Uh, your child has to be really well taken care of, your body has to look fantastic, and you have to have a super thriving career, and everything has to be perfect. And I think that is something that is one of the biggest reasons why we mums struggle so much. And while I see that journalizing, uh, journaling is a really great way to deal with with the uh, the guilt and also the um, the grief that you that you mentioned, but I think that it also helps to talk to other mothers and you know hear about their experiences because once you start talking about these things, is when other people open up and then you realize, hey, it's not just me. Basically, every other mother feels almost the same way, and uh, you just have to give it a moment and look behind uh, all the all the perfection or whatever you think. Exactly. And I think that um, 
uh, it's quite important as well to um, really ask yourself, okay, what is the perfect mom? And to really paint the image of that perfect mom, maybe write it down. You know, what does a perfect mom look like? What does she do? What does she, what is she wearing? You know, mm -hmm. what is she doing? What do you imagine her to be? How do you imagine her life to be? And then ask yourself, mm -hmm. are those things really that important to me? Because most of the time they're not. Um, and why are they important to me? Yeah. And I, I, I tell you, I've done this exercise with a lot of moms and most of them are like, I actually, I don't like that perfect mom. She's like, <laughs> I can't relate to her. Nobody's yeah. like that. Nobody can do all these things. I really don't like her. <laughs> and so it's important to, it's another small, small exercise that you can do. Just mm -hmm. imagine what the perfect man, mom looks yeah. like and really ask yourself if you really want that. I love what you said about the perfectionism, being perfect. Yeah. There's really no such thing as being perfect in, in parenthood or in anything in yeah. life, really. We need to just embrace the beauty of imperfection because the present is always imperfect. But mm, yeah. if you keep thinking about how it can be better and how the future will be and blah, 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 and you're not in the present and what we want is to enjoy the present. Exactly. And that's yeah. what our children need as well. They want us to be present, fully present. And the present again is imperfect. You just need to embrace it. It's a beautiful thing. Mm. Um, we just need to let mm -hmm. go of that need to, yeah. to make everything perfect. Mm, yeah, yeah, exactly. I completely agree with you. So Annie, how is it for you? What is your experience with being an imperfect mom, dealing with uh, losing some parts of your life? And um, have you managed to kind of recover from that or come back from that? That's a, a good question, because I'm going through it a second time. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, so um, my youngest one is eight months, and I find the first months to be very difficult and that's the reason why I mostly work with toddler moms um, because I just find that the first mm -hmm. year is just full of unpredictability and you never know when they're going to have a tooth yeah. coming out when they will decide that napping is not a thing you know or when they will decide that 3 a.m. is a great time to wake right. up and start playing in the crib. Um, so I, I found the first year is, is amazing with all those changes, but there's too many changes, too many leaps, oh, yeah. too many, <laughs> too much. And so um, I find that after that first year um, is when you can start really putting things in place. It was the case for me and even, you know, yeah. I'm a health coach, right? I know all these things, but it's just difficult to apply them in the first six to... I'm so glad you're saying that. <laughs> I'm all up for open, honest conversations. It's hard. You know, let's not expect yeah. <laughs> things to be yeah. perfect or be close to perfect in the first year in terms of mm. taking care of ourselves. We can't yeah. really do that much uh, in the first year. But after the first year, there's plenty mm. that we can do. Uh, I, I loved your introduction about you know, staying up at night, doing the things that you used to do before you became a mom. That's actually one of the things that I find is very tricky because mm -hmm. we need sleep, right? We we <laughs> sleep is great. It it helps us right. well, not just be more rested the next day, but it it's beneficial for all our bodily functions. Really, our brain works better when we slept. Our mood is better if we've slept. So it is a very tricky thing that you know when the kids are in bed. What do I do? Do I use my me time, or do I go to bed, or do I watch Netflix, or? What the hell do I do with those two hours that I have? Like, there's so many things that I have to do. <laughs> exactly. 
<laughs> because you know that you're going to your children or child is going to wake up uh, no matter how late you go and go to bed your child is going to be like hey i need food i need uh, i want to play or whatever else and you have to still be up and ready to go at any minute <laughs> exactly and i'm not saying that yeah. you should go to bed at 10 every day but i would say it would be you know try it. that's not just me saying it but mm. make it the exception that you stay up late because we forget yeah. we actually i really think that we forget what it's like to have and to sleep for 7 to 8 hours we forget what it's like and we think that it's okay to go through this exhaust mm-hmm. yes. to go through life we're on like 5 hours or 6 hours because yeah. we're used to it but actually once you go back to the 7 8 hours you crave it so much <laughs> uh, because you you remember what it's like and you're like oh my god i went to bed at 10 and i feel like a different person yes yeah, because sleep is sure. important so <laughs> you you can you know and i've tried to prioritize sleep and yes uh, it's not always possible but i try to go to bed early for example mm-hmm. i try to not just eat leftovers because i know that's a mm, thing for so important <laughs> so many moms they just don't have time to cook or they don't feel like cooking or you know they they have other things to do at home so they just eat leftovers but that's not a full a full meal it leads to us relying too much on sugar throughout the day right. so just having balanced meals as much mm-hmm. as possible prioritizing so your true. food as well you know you you probably take a lot of time to prepare a good meal for your toddler or your child so do the same for you you deserve you deserve the same and i think the very important part to remember or to actually acknowledge in all of this is that sleep and diet are the biggest and most important parts of self care for mums especially because you know i i have written i think a, a blog article or i don't know somewhere i've written self care is not a bubble bath you know like i don't need a, i don't need a bubble bath and i don't need a spa day i need to just organize the life that i have right now and uh, just do that in a in a sensible way so what i do with the with the whole late nights thing is uh, i try to i try to kind of mix it up a little bit so some nights i go to bed early and some nights i say okay i'm going to sit and do a pedicure or watch tv or something like that yeah. and it works yes as long as that's not your everyday you know as long as long as not every night looks like that and you always go to bed at one i know i've worked with moms that just always go to bed very late and they only sleep for five hours and then they wonder why they're exhausted well because sleep is important it's it's important for your children you know and they also don't, don't underestimate the power of the bedtime routine that you you know you have a bedtime routine for your children you need one too you need to relax and calm down so interesting that you say that i never actually thought of that yeah mhm i have all sorts of examples on how our children can teach us so many things <laughs> um on on all levels um, yeah. you know yeah. we prepare the best food for them we also want need the best food for us we help them go to bed so that they have their 12 hours of sleep well or 11 whatever we also need our 7 hours mm-hmm. of sleep yeah. um another one because i mentioned food um water mm-hmm. you know drink water <laughs> if you're dehydrated yeah. you might get headaches you might be unable to concentrate you mm-hmm. might i don't know you might your mood might be not so good because you haven't had enough water so yeah, yeah. drink water it's just it's simple things and i i always tell people you know when i say i'm a health coach and i help moms they say but i don't have time to work on my health mm-hmm. you don't it's not a question of adding more things to your very very busy schedule it's just yeah. uh, you know adjusting what what you're 
what your everyday life looks like optimizing mm -hmm. optimizing the, the life that you already have right i yeah. mean uh, what you're saying you know making special food for your child i almost never do that um our daughter has always had the same food that we eat um what we usually do is give her the low salt um no spice version and then we mm -hmm. add whatever we want for ourselves she just gets a bowl of the of the plainer version of the food and that's it um it's just that sometimes if she's not yeah, in the mood then she gets sure. oats or berries or i don't know whatever else she wants yeah. yeah no but what i mean by that is you probably will not give crisps to your child yeah. every day <laughs> yeah. That's what I mean. It's like right. you will try, mm -hmm. or or you you will be worried if your your child only wants pasta for like three weeks. You will probably say, oh, yeah. you know, maybe I need to do something about it. I need to figure out another mm -hmm. recipe or something. I don't know. Whereas for you, you know, no, let's just have only bread, you know, and nothing else because I don't have time <laughs> to cook or to think or whatever. Mm -hmm. You know, that's what I mean. I I know. Yeah. I, I agree with what it's the same for us. We do this baby led <laughs> weaning thing where we don't just mm -hmm. make extra. You know, we just use the same. Um, That's perfect. But, so yeah. it was a very, uh, while I was thinking about this episode with you, I started thinking about how I try to maintain my old personality and old self. And one of the things, it's really funny when I think about it now, but I don't know, I do it very, very, um, with a lot of discipline, is uh, not playing a lot of children's music for my daughter. So I sing a lot and we, uh, you know, even in the Kita, she was, uh, we got the feedback that she dances a lot and she she really loves music and it's because we both love music as well and I said that I hate kids music it's so annoying and I'm just not going to play it for her um, so even her lullaby is uh, is a song that I love singing it's uh, Dream a Little Dream by Doris Day and you know so she she has listened to so much music that uh, we listen to in our everyday life I mean oh. 90s music is what we grew up with and that's basically what she's growing up with as well of course she gets kids music in the kita and with her dad and stuff but and that was something that I said, that's just not me. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> no, but I find that great because, you know, you're doing it's actually a good thing to, to think about, you know, what is one activity that will be fun for mm -hmm. both you and your child and you can do together. And because very often we do things for them, but we don't think of ourselves. And yeah. it's very important that, that the things that we do when we're in their presence, which is like 90% of their time, <laughs> if possible, you know, is also enjoyable. Yeah. For us, mm. uh, so I, I I really like that example that you just that you just gave. Yeah, it's a great. Yeah, it, it's just so it's just so funny because um, it's a very unlikely situation in which you feel like I have to be myself. But in my case, that's that's kind of what has happened. Yeah, that's a great example. And again, an example of you're not adding anything. Exactly. It's, you know, you're just adjusting yeah. what is already going on, and it's a. It's just a very important question to ask yourself, you know, what brings me joy? What mm -hmm. used to bring me joy? And I can tell you the majority of the moms that I have worked with, I would say 95%, honestly, their answer to that question is, I don't think I've done anything else other than mumming mm -hmm. for the past year or two years. But obviously the people that work with me are people that, that need support, right? right? Yeah. So it's not, I'm not saying that it's the case mm -hmm. for everybody, but do something else other than mumming, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. something for yourself. yourself. Yeah. Something to remind you of uh, of who you used to be and kind of coming back to that uh, at some point. I love reading books, for example. I can tell you the book that I'm currently reading, it's been there for four <laughs> yeah. months because I only have the energy and time for two pages. But still, I do those two pages. Mm, yeah. Still, I read them. And that brings me joy. Yes. It makes me happy. <laughs> I'm glad. And it's okay. 
So it's okay to do small things. They don't have to yeah, do yeah. things. We don't have time for big things. Annie, do you have any good resources that you would would share in, in this regard, you know, about grieving, about parenting in a way that kind of still stay, stays true to yourself um, or any of the topics that we discussed today? I mean, it's a that's a great question and it's difficult with regards to health. I actually don't have... A, so there aren't any books that are, or maybe there are, and I haven't read them, but are really targeted towards moms. The postpartum depletion cure. Mm-hmm. It's written by a doctor and and it's act, an okay. actual doctor oh, that, yeah. that talks about uh, how mothers can be depleted and what kind of help they might need. And he doesn't just talk about blood tests and supplements that you can take and things like that. He mm-hmm. also talks about having a sense of purpose, sleeping enough exercising yeah. you know the other things that i that i mm. that I, mm. I work on the, the lifestyle let's yeah. say it's actually one book that i really um mm-hmm. tell everybody to go buy um it's written by this woman called janet lansbury she um talks about uh, an approach called respectful parenting mm-hmm. and i really enjoy that approach because so it's not about the parent you know bending over backwards to do everything for the child it's about mm-hmm. uh, the the parent respecting the child and also uh, presenting the parent presenting uh, themselves as a as a person to be respected mm-hmm. okay. in a way. So if I don't want to draw something, I will tell my child that it's not something I want to do right now, and it really helps set boundaries. Yeah, yeah, but like without being in a without being like a strict uh, or in a in a in a bad way, but to kind of set your boundaries and say this is possible right now, this is not possible right now, and then also giving like a logical explanation because I think that's uh, kind of what what children want as well or children need is to kind of understand the the reasoning behind certain things. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And another last book that I have in mind is called Mindful Parenting in a Busy World. Mm, okay. Uh, it's a very short book, mm-hmm. and it just has some exercises that uh, mindfulness exercises um, because there are many opportunities when we are together with our children to be mindful Mm -hmm. and my toddler is like three and a half and she's already she already knows that after a tantrum which happens unfortunately (laughs) often um, uh, we take some deep breaths and we're mindful you know, and we'll look at something together and we take three three mindful deep breaths. So there are there are practices that you can do together with your child. So that would be oh, wow. some resources. There are so many, but some that I, that come to mind. I'm sure, yeah. Just your just your favorite uh tips. Yeah. Um speaking of tips, Annie, do you have one piece of advice that you would I mean you've shared so much information and so many tips on um through the experiences of your clients, through the experiences of your work and your own life. But if there's one tip that you would like to give the confused mothers that are listening in, what would it be? I'm going to share something that um, that happened a few days ago, shortly. Um, so there was a post in, in, a, in a Facebook group about mm-hmm. a mom feeling yeah. um, like she was not a good enough mom because she was following all these followers, all these uh, influencers, excuse me, on mm-hmm. Instagram, doing all these things for their children. And she felt like she never had the time or the energy to do all that. My reply to that message got like 80 likes. Why? Mm. I only said a very simple thing. Those are for inspiration, not comparison. Mm -hmm. Don't compare yourself Mm. to other moms and also especially not to the moms on Instagram because they're making money out of posting and they they look like everything is amazing. They they look amazing, but guess what? There's filters on Instagram that make you look good. Of course. You don't look you don't see the dark circles under the eyes, Mm. you know. And and that's your job. So Stop comparing yourself to other moms. Mm-hmm. You do you, you know, you do you. You do things your own way and you don't have to be perfect. Embrace yeah. the, the imperfection. And if that means putting your phone away 
for most of the day, then do that. I do that. I actually leave my phone. We have like two floors. I leave it at the top floor and mm -hmm. I, I don't look at it because I'm very much uh, obviously drawn to it. Within, you know, we're hooked to our phones. But when you go on Instagram and you just look at everybody's mm -hmm. perfect reel, not a great, a great idea. And it's a recipe for you feeling, mm -hmm. feeling like you're not enough and you are enough. We are enough. That's great advice, yeah, that uh, you should use social media for inspiration and not comparison. That's a great yeah. message to leave with our listeners out there. And I think that this is one of the things that I also follow on Instagram is that my pictures are not perfect. My reels are not perfect. I am not perfect. And I show it like it is. I don't use filters. Um, I do my own little weird edits and uh, it works in some cases and in some cases it's a total failure. That's how it is. Okay, Annie, it was such a pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much for your time and I will uh, put your details in the show notes and I hope that people find some inspiration on your website as well. You're welcome. It's been a pleasure, really. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Subscribe to my podcast and do consider leaving me a rating. Find more information on my tutorials and workshops on theconfusedmother.com.